Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a Lip Media Podcast. You're listening to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea Gillis. And I'm Steph Page. We're two Canadian expats now living in Australia and the UK. Between the two of us, we've been through the ringer in our travels, experiencing missed flights, volcanic eruptions, and even a terrorist attack. It's not all that extreme, though. We've also experienced heartwarming, life-changing moments and met amazing people along the way. So kick back and listen to all the shit I've learned abroad. Welcome to another episode of All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea. And I'm Steph. And this week's episode, we've actually had... Uh, this request a few times in the last year, but we've never really gotten around to doing it. Um, and recently one of our listeners named Garrett, who reached out to us, had suggested it. And we thought, once again, since we are in lockdown still and we're not really traveling a whole lot, um, this is actually a good topic to discuss for when we are going to get back to traveling. Um, and that topic is sustainable travel. Yes, sustainable travel post-COVID. Exactly. Post-COVID. So, you know, as we know with COVID and while it sucks that we haven't been able to travel, it has actually been very good for the environment. Um, There's been a lot of studies showing how carbon emissions have dropped quite a lot. I know specifically I was reading uh, a study put out by Reading University here in the UK and in London alone, it's like 59% um, carbon emissions have dropped. So obviously that takes into account, you know, planes, cars, transportation, et cetera. Um, but you know, it's, it's great reading this, but it's like, how can we keep this up? Yeah. Um, how can we, when we do get back to normal and as restrictions are being loosened and we can get back to traveling, it's like, how can we keep this up, um, to keep traveling sustainable for the environment? If we look at sustainability, there's the three pillars of sustainability, which is environmental, social and economic mm-hmm. um and specifically for travel we're going to talk about just a bunch of different points that fall into these three pillars and things that we can all do individually to be better yeah things we can do individually to be better and do better because right. i think what a lot of people have and i know i've been guilty of this myself as well sometimes is you know you justify individual indiscretions because you know, your impact versus big business impact is feel mm. it feels so minimal. You're like, well, they need to focus on industry changes. But 
Right. As we all know, if we all thought a little bit differently and did better, that's a big impact as well. Yeah. And that said, a lot of the things that we're going to talk about today, we, you know, and I'm guilty of some of these, you know, I'm, I'm, I would love to practice what I preach all the time, but some of these I'm like, you know what, I could do better in this area. Um, and as we said, we can't fix everything. We can't necessarily do everything, but if we all take a little bit, a little piece, um, and add to that, it will definitely make a huge impact. Mm -hmm. Every little bit helps, right? That's right. So I figure, you know, let's kick this off with the obvious discussion point, which is flying. Yeah. Um, now this, you know, we, we do live in a world right now with cheap flights. It's easy to book. We, we've said this many times that in the past, <laughs> you know, getting on an airplane used to be quite a privilege. Um, it was, it was only sort of for the elite. It was very expensive, but now, I mean, you hop on Skyscanner, especially in Europe, you can book flights for eight pounds, 10 pounds. Have, and, ha, have you looked since Europe started opening up? Are they still pretty cheap or have they gone up a bit? Do you know? They're not. Uh, I think it looks like they are a little bit more expensive and that's probably just because people aren't really flying right now, but it's still pretty cheap. I mean, okay. you're still looking at your EasyJets, Ryanair's, you know, okay. all these budget airlines. Um, but I mean, granted, I haven't really looked that uh, intensively because I have no plans on going anywhere anytime soon. But, you know, if you're one of those people that flies a lot and, and that's me, I, you know, we do have to think about, you know, how we are contributing to carbon, carbon emissions. And I think one of the biggest things we read about is carbon offset. Yeah. The way I see that, and it's great to be contributing to that, but it also shouldn't be used sort of as a safe card. It's like we should still be actively I minimizing our... I think, carbon footprint. Yeah, definitely. And I think the biggest comparison is, you know, when it comes to, you know, recycling, the three R's are reduce, reuse, recycle. And they say those mm. are in the order of importance. So reducing right. is always first. So yes, carbon offsite offsets are great. If you're using them, that's amazing. But step one is still reducing your amount of flights. Yeah. The best thing I can come up with is when you buy, this is an example, there's many different mm. kinds. But when you buy a carbon offset, so you're going to take a flight from New York to Los Angeles, X amount of carbon you're contributing to. So you can buy a carbon offset, say, in another country where that money that you pay will go to offset that same amount of carbon in a different way. So, right. yeah. So again, it's after the fact, though. Yeah, it's after the fact. And mm -hmm. the idea is that it's offsetting. So you're just offsetting the amount you put up. So there's a number of different ways that you can reduce your flight. And I'll jump in with the first one I've thought of. And I don't know if this is easy for me to say because I'm getting older. So I would have done this anyways. But mm. when you go on a trip, less flight hopping and more, oh, yeah. more sightseeing in one place. So like, for example, I went to Europe in 2013 and went to seven different countries in 21 days. That was a right. lot of flights. I was on a flight every third day. Well, that's that's considered fast travel. Yeah. You know, you're, you've got you've got a, a handful of days, you know, say it's your vacation time or whatever, mm -hmm. and you're traveling such a, a long distance and you do want to try to see as much as possible in a short amount of time. And, you know, again, the, the fastest way to get around anywhere is hopping on a plane. Yep. One thing I would do now that I'm really getting a greater appreciation for 
is, you know, seeing more of one country, not just going to the main city, going, yep, yep, checklist of all the biggest things, on to the next big city in another country. Um, Right. Exploring all those other little things and slowing down a little bit and appreciating, you know, down days at bed and breakfast and just not not so much of the fast-paced go, go, go. Yeah. So that's one thing I'm definitely going to do. And I think now, again, specifically talking uh, in Europe, and I'm including the UK in that, even though I know we're not part of the European Union anymore, but in terms of where we are on the yep. globe, um, you know, I think some people, there are a lot of people that are, are considering traveling a lot more by train now, um, which yes. is easy to do in Europe. But again, if we talk about, you know, things like vacation time, um, you know, you've only got, say, a week off. The quickest way to get somewhere within Europe is to fly there. Now, I think now with, and I know a lot of companies are changing policies in terms of, you know, being able to work from home now or working remotely, being able to work remotely. Will this mean that more people, they, you know, can travel to different countries and potentially work from there and they're not on that sort of restricted, uh, you've got this many days to get somewhere and get back. Yeah. Um, so whether it is being on a train, uh, and it might take, you know, a lot longer to get somewhere, but you can work remotely from the train with Wi-Fi. You can work from a country that you're visiting, you know, during your work days and then have the weekend off there. So I don't know. I feel like companies hopefully will start to be a bit more flexible in terms of that, which mm-hmm. will open up transportation methods like traveling by train, potentially traveling by boat. I mean, stuff we talked about traveling by boat once, <laughs> didn't we? Back from Dublin. <laughs> yeah. We got stuck there. From I mean, Dublin that would have taken New a York. week. Yeah. But, you know, being able to utilize these different transportation methods that aren't just flying as the, the, the fast option and sometimes cheaper. But, you know, I guess, I guess if pe- more people start taking trains, boats, they'll become well, cheaper. And we've definitely seen, this is one of the things I find is going to be so interesting watching and trying to even adapt myself as well as all these different mind shifts we have to have because for so long the idea of remote remote working and being able to travel and work seemed like you know a luxury for millennials it wasn't a reality many people had access to whereas now the tables have completely turned I really hope that the people who didn't have that opportunity who are working from home now you know realize that they can do that um, before maybe yeah. they have to go back and do try to take advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you would hope again in, in 2020 and granted I work, you know, in the, the tech industry. So we are a little bit more advanced when it comes to these kind of ideas, but yeah. you know, there, there, I've, I've definitely flown back home, um, to Canada and been able to work and do my nine to five job from there versus if I'm sitting in the office in London. And then granted, I just adjust my working hours. So I'll work UK hours. It's always a very early start, usually around 4am, but it it works. And who's to say that you can't again, be sitting on a beach somewhere doing your job as long as you're putting the hours in. And then also another point is looking at the form of transportation that you're taking or the methods mm-hmm. that you're using um, when you're in like at the, the destination that you're going to. So I've definitely been guilty of this. And Steph, I know, again, we've talked about this before. Getting to certain countries where it might be cheaper, say, to get into a taxi or an Uber. Nah. While it might be cheaper, is that the best option when it comes to the environment? So 
taking a car from the airport to my hotel as one person versus taking a train which the train will still probably be cheaper but you know it's convenience over sustainability so yeah I'm starting to do this a little bit more you know there's the times when you might be in a really unfamiliar place or say that you get somewhere really late at night and you just feel a little bit more comfortable getting into a taxi but well and this is where I think too we should speak to like you're not going to be perfect um so Mm. we're not saying to be perfect we're saying to let's do better so if it's right. a safety consideration where you're, you feel like you might be unsafe doing it at that time of night, then yeah, sure, take the direct transit. But we're saying if it's not a safety and it's purely a convenience thing then you're doing, then maybe, you know, that's when you can be like, okay, I can take the train. It might take, you know, one connection or 15 minutes longer, but it's something I can do to be better. Then do that. Right. Um, yeah. I don't want people to feel guilty if they're making a decision that arises out of safety concerns because, right. you know, whatever safest, do that. But yeah, just being better in situations where we know we can be better when we know we're being lazy. And I'm, yeah, I, that has been when I travel, my one indulgence has always been Ubering from airports to where I'm staying. Um, I'm looking at yeah. me here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, it's about making those conscious decisions. Um, yeah. and yeah, so sometimes you just have to stop and think and go, actually, is this the right thing to do? Mm-hmm. So I was going to say too, and this kind of tied into, you know, trying to reduce your air travel was even just thinking more about local adventures. And we've talked about this a lot in our staycation episode. And mm-hmm. I actually talked about it in our 2020 resolutions episode, <laughs> God bless. One of my 2020 resolutions was to do more in Australia. So that's obviously happening by default, but that ties hand in hand with that. There's so many, and we've talked, how long did we live in Canada where we didn't see a whole ton of Canada? Didn't see much of it? I mean, Um, our entire lives. (laughs) Yeah. We can really look to more exploring our own backyard as things are opening up, as we're easing back into travel and our comfort zones. Yeah local trips reduce those flights that is limited right now to most people it's the same with the uk i've been here for almost 10 years and there's a lot of the uk that i haven't seen yet and now i'm kind of like all right you know what this is the time to get on a train to explore it a bit more see what it has to offer we're always so quick to want to go to you know see uh somewhere different and we forget what might just be in our backyards Well, and because so many have this superficial attachment to, you know, the number of countries we've visited to. And don't get me wrong. Like, I have a list where I keep count of how many countries I've been to. I mean, I do too. But it can be like a fun, lighthearted list. It doesn't have to be an obsession. So, you know, you don't always need to add to that list every single time you do something. Right. And I think maybe... Um Maybe I'm going to challenge you, Andrea, because especially me here in Australia, since I have a car for me, because I my car is my luxury and I do drive everywhere. So maybe a challenge for me and I'll pose it to you is for us to take a train trip soon when I'm allowed. I mean, I take the train all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I don't drive anywhere. (laughs) But I mean, um, how do you think I get around in the UK? No, but I'm I know I'm just saying challenge for our next trip. Like our next trip should be here but my my trips would always be on a train so i need a better challenge than that because that's not a challenge for me that's just my everyday (laughs) trip 
Well, listen, it's going to be a challenge for me. So <laughs> It will be. I know for you. Maybe my challenge is I have to walk to the next place. <laughs> I don't want you. I, Maybe I, I have to walk to Wales. <laughs> Let's go back to my safety point. <laughs> I, yeah, I get I get what you're saying, but we'll just yeah. have to come up with a better challenge for me because I don't drive. All right. Okay, we'll do that. <laughs> I use the heel toe express. Um, something something else that came to mind, and I meant to mention this um, in terms of flying, um, and I think this you and I are very good at this stuff, so we can add this to our 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 checklist of things we're already doing right. But is yep. if you are flying, packing light. I don't think people realize yeah. the heavier that you pack. If you're bringing a massive suitcase with you of stuff you don't need, just remember that for every additional kilo that is on that plane, that requires extra fuel for the plane. Um, so mm-hmm. really start to think about the stuff that you're bringing with you on trips. I know I have friends, uh, my sister always overpacks stuff that she won't even use <laughs> for half the yeah. trip. Yeah. Um, so really start to just think about that. You know, if you're going, that this is what, like, I love a beach getaway because all you really have to take with you is a bathing suit, a couple pairs of shorts, some tank Trashes. tops done. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's easy. I mean, I, and I remember the first time I did Australia about 10 years ago, we were there for nearly like nearly a month it was like three and a half weeks uh and I just took a backpack with me I managed to fit everything in a backpack Mm -hmm. and I mean I hate I hate checking bags anyways um so the lighter I pack the better and it's just so much easier to pack light yeah I like I mean I I have times where I'll have a suitcase and I'll be like okay I'm gonna really pack this time and I can't even get the suitcase half full like I don't even know what people put in them well, it's because we've already established you don't ever pack your own stuff. You just, true, you know, true, borrow it off true. of people when you're there. Um, and and if we're going to continue talking about the environment as well, let's just talk about single-use plastic. I mean, this is uh, always a big topic, but in terms of toiletries, guys, you know the little toiletries that you can buy for the, the travel ones, the small ones? Refill yeah. those. They should not be yeah. like too many people are using those as one time use and they use it on a trip and then they throw them out. Yeah. Bring them back with you, refill them. Yeah. It's like I try to reuse those as much as possible. Over time, obviously, they get you know worn and torn. You got to throw them out. But yeah, really try. I mean, you can get those little bags now that you can actually put your shampoo and conditioner in. Um, reusable. It's all about reusing things if we can. Yes. Um, and then speaking of plastic as well water bottles and i know stuff we've talked about this before but water bottles this gets me fired up i've had friends that have come over to the uk and have asked me is it safe to drink the water here i'm like yeah "Yeah, you mentioned that fine (laughs) like you're in london you're in a massive metropolitan city i mean in most cities it's going to be fine to drink the water but guys just check this beforehand and if it's safe to drink the water then drink the water don't you don't need to buy bottled water everywhere um Steph I know you feel as passionate about plastic water bottles as I do yes they absolutely enrage me and I cannot fathom why anyone to this day would still you know drink a water bottle every day I think I think I did in India when I had to buy sealed water bottles while I was out and that is the last time right. I can remember like that was five years I ago. I mean, there's there's definitely, and there's definitely the exceptions, and we get that. You know, I think yeah. when we were in Egypt as well, we had to drink bottled water there. That was the, you know, that was standard. But 
there's no reason you don't need to be coming to, you know, a city like London or Melbourne or I mean, a lot of places that you're going to visit, their water will be clean enough for you to drink. I've gone to people's houses for dinner and they have water bottles for drinks on the table. No, Americans love drinking out of water bottles. Oh, weird. They stock them up in their fridge. It's weird. It's really weird. I mean, where Steph and I grew up, the water looks kind of like skim milk, but perfectly, perfectly (laughs) safe to drink. (laughs) It doesn't look, (laughs) but I mean, it's Brantford water for you. I mean, Brantford actually was the test city for when they were trying new chemical balances in water. So every now and then our wall, our water would have like a little sulfuric smell or taste. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So maybe our standards are just really low, but still no need to drink bottled water this day and age. No. Another thing that I actually thought I know I do really well, I don't know what you do for this, but I imagine you do, is trying to book sustainable accommodations. And mm, you you yeah. already touched on sustainable transportation once you're there. But I think I can do better here. I've, I have always consciously booked accommodations. Well, A, either with locals on couch surfing. So, or, mm-hmm. but when I do book Airbnbs, I'm very conscious to book one where I'm helping a person, a family, not a company or corporation. So I was just thinking I can take that one step better now and add in the sustainability factor as well. Well, and I guess so. this is where I've never used couch surfing before. Now, my thoughts on this, if we're talking sustainability, when you are booking through a hotel or say an Airbnb, you know, I think we should be looking at locally owned accommodations, but if you're paying, at least you're paying money into that, uh, into that community. Whereas I guess couch surfing, you're not. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Am I thinking right. of this wrong though? Uh, Well, because couch surfing, there's no money. Well, that's what I mean. So, but wouldn't that be, wouldn't it be a case that we want to be contributing, putting money into, so you're visiting whatever country or city it might be. And yet it's great that you might be saving money, mm. but if tourism, I don't know, this is just my thought. I don't know if what the right or wrong answer is, but no, I, I think there are conversations to be had. And I don't know if I agree with that only in the sense that 
when I stay with someone on couch surfing, they're usually not, well, they're never like on the prime strip or right downtown in the core. They're always kind of a bit out Mm -hmm. and you have to take transportation in. But that way I end up spending my money in a lot of, you know, cafes and shops and restaurants that otherwise I wouldn't have given my money to. So it's even more local shops. It's not the ones. That's actually a really good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because then I guess you do have extra money to do things like dine out, go to bars, you know, buy maybe it's local, I don't know, crafts or goods that uh, people make. And that's the thing you're always looking at. You want to look at even where you're staying. Say you are staying in a hotel. Mm -hmm. Do they like are their employees locals? Where are they sourcing their food from? Is it local food? I mean, you want to make sure that the people that are running these businesses are also putting back into their own communities, right? So maybe you're right. Yeah. You know, using couch, couch surfing, it could be, yeah, that's one way to save money, but then you've got more money to spend elsewhere into the community. Yeah. Have you ever stayed in an eco hotel? I haven't, but I would, I would be interested to, like, I definitely would. Same. Yeah. I mean, I've just read a lot about them. I've never stayed in one. Maybe, maybe this is our challenge next time we Mm -hmm. do go somewhere, Steph. Yeah. We stay in an eco hotel. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's add it to the list. I know as well, previously, we've talked about all-inclusive resorts. Mm-hmm. Now, these, for so many reasons, again, and I've stayed in one. I'm holding my hands up. I have stayed in one before. But if anything, all-inclusive res- resorts, they generally, you know, there's no incentive for the guests to leave. You know, you've got all your food there. You've got all your drinks. You've got all your activities. They pretty actively try to make you not leave the resort. Um, they almost build the mentality of leaving the resort is unsafe. Everything you need is here. Mm. So it's not even like they don't encourage you to. They actively try to encourage you not to. And, you know, again, when I, I had said this in a couple episodes ago, when I went to the Dominican Republic and that was my first really big trip away, I didn't leave the resort once. Mm. Right. So I'm not spending any money in the local community. Um, I, yeah, I had no incentive to leave. We get it. Some of you really like an all-inclusive, but maybe try to branch out a little bit. If all you do is an Mm all-inclusive, maybe when we can travel again, look to stay in a, you know, a local hotel run by, maybe it's a family business, um, eat at restaurants or cafes that, you know, small businesses run in the community. I mean, and that's where you're going to experience some of the best, I think, travel experiences anyways. Oh, best experiences, best food, best people, best all of it. So all-inclusive resorts, maybe broaden your horizons a little if your goal is to try to be more sustainable post-COVID. And you know what? All those local places, they need your money a lot more. Okay, so we've talked about flights, accommodations, transportation, getting around. What else do people have to consider, you know, when they're there and they're they're doing things every day? Well... I mean, there's the obvious things like going on tours. Yep. Again, check who you're booking mm-hmm. with. Um, I know that Steph, we're, me and you are big fans of uh, walking tours. Yes. And booking through local tour companies. And a lot of the time, some of these are just individuals running their own little business. Yep. Like Mapu. That was how I found yes, him. Exactly. And you know what? And it's not, it's not a scary thing. I mean, with the internet now, there's so many reviews. It is very easy to figure out who is legit and who is not legit, that it shouldn't be Mm -hmm. scary to branch out of this big business tourism. Right. And speaking of Africa safari, Mm -hmm. 
Let's talk wildlife excursions. Now, this is a big one. We've discussed this before. Things like, you know, any any activity that includes riding animals, hmm. animals that are chained up. I mean, if for those of you that haven't listened to our zoo's Victoria episode, I mean, we did that, what, earlier this yep. year? A few months back now, actually, with uh, just as we were coming out of the wildfires. In that episode, we actually had a great discussion with Zoos Victoria. We talked about, well, obviously, don't ride animals, chained up animals, but just how to consciously be a good tourist when it comes to animal encounters and, you know, the kind of zoos or petting zoos or sanctuaries that you want to visit and what kind of red flags to look for. And this is a really important part of sustainable travel because animals are being exploited all around the world. So if this is something that interests you or if this is a way that you think you can actually do better, go back and listen to that Zoos Victoria episode because Dr. Sally Sherwin, she was so knowledgeable that I I just could have talked to her for hours. So definitely give that a listen to know how you can do better and be better when it comes to animal encounters all around the world. Yeah, I think one of the 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 points that she that really like resonated with me was is the encounter also benefiting the animal? Yes. Which that's something we really need to think of. It's like great, it might be benefiting us and we're learning about an animal or you know, it's a fun activity where we get to um be up close and personal with them, but how is it benefiting the animals yeah. that are there as well. So yeah, I guess some of the last, I, I think Steph, we were going to talk about some of the most sustainable places. Yep, definitely. I will say I did find actually this really good checklist. It was kind of a sustainability checklist that you can check off when you're looking at booking mm-hmm. your next trip. So I'll share that when we post the episode to really just, you know, when you're booking a trip, you can really consciously, they they walk you through the steps of what to think about. I think the last point I wanted to touch on as well is just looking at who our travel influencers Mm, or influences are. Um, So that's been a big thing on social media in the last few years. All the travel influencers we see and we follow. I mean, we really need to take a hard look at how they are contributing to sustainable travel. Now, a lot of these people, you see that they're flying first class. They're staying in big fancy hotels where likely, you know, they're getting turnover service every day with their sheets Mm. and towels and all that. You know, maybe we need to start looking at people who will influence their travel sustainability in a positive way. Um, And I'm not saying all these people are, you know, guilty of all these things, but I think we need to look at just do a bit more research in terms of what they're doing. Have have some better role models. Exactly. So let's, uh, I mean, I don't really like influencer culture anyways, but we need to, I think we all need to do better. And I think these people that have these millions and millions of followers, they need to do more as well. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'll suss out some good positive accounts for people to follow of people who really encourage sustainable travel and we'll share those and, you know, do our part to try to, you know, give people some better role models when it comes to travel. Yeah. I'm just going to touch on a few places that are considered very sustainable to travel to. So they have low emissions. They've really focused on having um, sustainable, eco-friendly hotels and tours and everything. So Andrea, when I looked at this list, I actually thought of you because you you have almost checked off this list. But Ooh. yeah. I was okay. like, Andrea's been a little sustainable bitch and didn't even know it. Um, well, there you go. Maybe I did know it. 
No, I didn't. So all accidental. These are the five most sustainable countries that they recommend you travel to. Slovenia. Have you been? I have not been there. I've been to Slovakia. I thought that's what it was. But I I really want to do Slovenia, though. It's beautiful there. Well, apparently you should put it to the top of your list because it is considered actually the most sustainable country in the world. Oh, that was actually going to be one of my bucket list places this year. So I will add that to 2021. (laughs) Perfect. Since I can't go this year. Next up was Sweden. Been to Sweden. Sweden. Granted, only for work, but yeah. Costa Rica. I've been to Costa Rica twice. One of the most beautiful places ever. If anyone hasn't been, do go. It's amazing there. Here's one I can actually put on my list from Australia, because most of them would not be sustainable from the get-go, since I'd have to right. fly. But Palau. I mean, I'd have to fly there, but it's not nearly Palau. as far. Where's Palau? Palau? P-A-L-A-U. Okay, well, tell me about Palau. I don't even know where that is. Well, Palau is basically here in Oceania. So it's kind of like the tropical sustainable destination on the list Mm. um it's a little tiny island in the pacific ocean here but they are doing tons to fight for sustainability and environmental responsibility um they've got coral reefs jungles uh, marine lakes tons of stuff and they the government there actually realized how important sustainable travel would be for you know what runs their country to survive that tourists wouldn't ruin it so when you land, you do actually, from the moment you get there, you have to pay a sustainability fee to enter the country and you mm. have to make a sustainability pledge. Oh, I've heard this for some countries. Yeah. They have this. I'm sure then, I've done this in a country before and I can't remember where. And then this, for anyone who's looking and, you know, likes kind of the resort model, um, the resorts there are required to cook with all local food and to invest back into the local community. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. And they've actually even banned... Now, this you might want to give this some thought on how you'd address this, but they've banned most sunscreens because they're actually toxic to the coral reefs. Ooh. I don't know if I would survive there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where I'm thinking you'd have to, you know, actually do some research into some natural alternatives Mm. to you know typical bottled chemical sunscreen Mm -hmm. um but yeah so palau is going on my list it wasn't it wasn't on my list at all but it is now and norway haven't been to norway but yeah those scandinavian countries it doesn't surprise me that they're on there yeah i mean norway's country slogan is powered by nature (laughs) yes well that's that should give it away so that from the get-go you know they uh it's something that's important to them there well, I'll definitely add the ones I haven't been to on that list, which I think is just Norway and Palau. And Slovenia. Oh, and Slovenia, right. Yeah. But Slovenia, yes, that'll be your next one. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we'll post all these lists. Yeah. I think everyone should make a sustainable travel plan for 2021. When yes. we are back like on the it. road, back in the sky. Should have learned abroad pod homework. Yes. I love giving out homework. Yeah, I will say a lot of our listeners, we follow everyone back on Instagram and they're pretty, like they're pretty conscious, like pretty responsible travelers. So I dig that. So yes. Yeah. And give us uh, any additional ideas that you guys have. This was just our little list that we put together. There's tons of other stuff that we could be doing, but these are all good starting points. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, that is another week. We look forward to connecting with you all throughout the week on Instagram, and we will see you next week. 
See you next week. All the Shit I've Learned Abroad is a travel podcast focused on anything and everything related to travel. You can listen to us on multiple platforms from iTunes to Google Play Music and more. And with that, please, if you have a chance, give us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. That drives us up the charts and really, really helps us out. Want to support us on Patreon? Find us over at Shit Have Learned Abroad Pod. And donations start as low as just $1. Also, if you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Shit Abroad Pod and Facebook by searching All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. Thanks so much for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.